0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, Create custom chores and automate allowance while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.
0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota football podcast hosted by me, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter, as always, at Tony Lieber, and TikTok and Instagram at Tony underscore Lieber. That is Tony, L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, we're entering the first week of college football. We're actually week zero. So, um, But there is college football being played this week on Saturday. There's a handful of games. So uh, we'll talk about how Minnesota can win the Big Ten West in 2023, and actually how likely it might be. Plus, we'll touch on redshirt freshman Anthony Smith getting some hype in fall camp at the defensive end position. How soon could he play? How good can he be? Plus, we end the show with a great interview with the highest-ranked recruit in the P.J. Fleck and Gophers era, four-star Wisconsin offensive lineman Nathan Wright. All right, so how does Minnesota win the Big Ten West? How how do they reach their ceiling as a football team? Um, the general public, I'd say, pretty firmly has Minnesota as the third or fourth best team in their division behind Wisconsin, Iowa, and then it's either Minnesota or Illinois. So it's not out, out of the realm of possibility for Minnesota to win the Big Ten West this year. They obviously have a very challenging schedule um, starting the year with a a tough non-conference opponent, which I think ultimately will help them once they enter Big Ten play. And the closer we get to the start of the football season, with um, Nebraska starting, North Carolina, I'm more and more confident that the Gophers are going to have a good chance to leave Chapel Hill with a win. In that game against the Tar Heels. Um, so that that's really their first big test of the season. We'll get into it a little bit. I've, if people are overlooking Nebraska, how big of a test that will be, w- w- what will that game look like? We'll, we'll ha- obviously have a full breakdown next week um, when they play on Thursday, but... Um, as for the North Carolina game, it just I think the Gophers just match up fairly well. Their secondary obviously had a lot of turnover with um, Flip Dixon going to the portal, Beanie Bishop going to the portal, Ryan Stapp medically retiring, uh, Terrell Smith and Jordan Howden both going to the NFL. But I still think Minnesota is a pretty good secondary, and North Carolina likely will be without their expected number one receiver. Um, Kent State transfer Devontae Walker, who was expected to probably be the number one guy, but he never got a waiver. Um, I don't think North Carolina has very good defense. They don't have a very good run game. It's really just, uh, they have the second best quarterback in the country, plus a lot of question marks. Um, I would say Minnesota has a better weapons offensively, which obviously doesn't do anything for your matchup with North Carolina. But basically what I'm saying, I think on paper, Minnesota has a better roster. It's just North Carolina has a guy who could be a top three pick in the NFL draft this year. So they naturally will have more preseason hype. So what I'm saying is I just don't think North Carolina will live up to the expectations they have this year. I just don't think they have the firepower. So. It's always tough to win on the road, especially when you're against a Power 5 opponent like North Carolina. But what I'm saying is, four weeks from now when they play that game, I might fancy the Gophers' chances. And that really doesn't have much to say in the Big Ten West race, because that doesn't count to your conference record. But I think getting a win in that game against what could be a ranked opponent on the road would do so much for the Gophers' confidence that could really catapult them into that Big Ten West race, like I said, firmly with Iowa and Wisconsin. So I think for this team, given their inexperience at quarterback, given their turnover on defense, having a game like North Carolina is almost the perfect recipe and they obviously have to win the game, but I think it just sets up well for the rest of the season. And so after that game, obviously, they open the season with Nebraska. Nebraska has a lot of question marks. You're one of the Matt Rule errors. Let's say they get by them. Then they host Eastern Michigan, who's a good D5, good Mac program. Night game might be a little weird, might be a little sloppy, but let's say they get by the, them. And they go to North Carolina, and then I said, "I think they have the chance to pull off the upset. They'd probably be a five-six point underdog on the road, and I—I I like their chances based on what I just said. So let's say they get by them; they're three and zero, and then they have uh, Louisiana and Northwestern. I, the top of my head, I forget the order, but Northwestern's on the road; Louisiana's at home." Let's say they get by both of them. That's 5-0, and o, just like that. And the confidence would be high. They'd be ranked. And then they're hosting Michigan at home. And Michigan and Ohio State. That's why their schedule's tough. They got two of the top five teams in the country on the schedule. Michigan's at home. Ohio State's on the road. Which one's more beatable, I think's a big question. Because if they beat either one of those teams, the uh, the rocket ship's taken off on the season. I think everyone understands that. I think everyone understands they'll be double-digit underdogs in both those games. They'll be heavily counted against. But, like I said, which one is more beatable? In my eyes, it is Ohio State. Michigan really doesn't have any major questions heading into the season other than They might be without their head coach for the first couple games, but they have a pretty easy schedule. On paper, I think they have the best team in the country based on the fact that they have a returning star quarterback, two of the five best running backs in the country maybe. They have talented pass catchers. They still have an elite defense. They have now guys who played in the biggest games possible in the Big Ten Championship in the College Bowl playoff. So that's going to lead them a lot. It's going to be tough against Michigan. That just I, you play that game a hundred times. I think Michigan wins ninety, maybe eighty-eight. So it's that'll the game will be tough. But Ohio State, on the, hand, on the other hand, they have a quarterback with Kyle McCord, who is a hyped-up prospect, but he's only started one game. And the interesting thing is Ohio State might have a higher ceiling than Michigan because if Kyle McCord plays like an elite quarterback, Ohio State has one of the best wide receiver rooms of all time with Marvin Harrison, Lameka Igbuka, Julian Fleming. list goes on and on. They even got some uh, true freshmen that might, might uh, contribute pretty early at that position. And they got a nice running back duo, duo with Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. Their offense, if Kyle McCord plays at an all conference level, it could be crazy. But if he plays even better, we still don't. This guy's a limit for them. And their defense, I think, will be a lot better with uh, JT Tuamulau. Um, probably butchered his name like I always do. But a uh, very good defender who could be a high draft pick in the nfl and so the, they got the guys like always but again they have a bigger question at quarterback and the gophers say them on the road so you could say that at both both games are pretty equal uh if ohio state was at home i would favor the gophers chances in that game compared to a michigan game but again it's on the road so let's say that they have a twelve percent chance of winning both games, and I I think that's pretty realistic. Well, like I said, that winning either one of those games would just be do crazy things for their season for the program. If they lost to Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois, and still beat one of those teams, it would be it would be interesting. But um, the likelihood of that, I don't think, is very high. So let's say they lose to Michigan, now they're five and one. Um, And then you got the meat of their schedule with these um, games that P.J. Fleck-led Gophers teams have struggled with. The Iowas, the Illinois, the Purdue's, the Michigan State's. Obviously, they beat Michigan State last year, so that's a bad example. But they need to win those games if they want to make the Big Ten uh, championship game. Michigan and Ohio State, those games will get you there, obviously, but those are the harder games to win. You need to win the games that are toss-ups, the one-score games. So, Iowa. Obviously, everyone knows it's the monkey on P.J. Flexback back, on the Gophers' back, that he can't shake off. I think Iowa pretty clearly should be the favorite in this division. They are the most complete team in the Big Ten West, They had one of the best defenses in the country last year, and they were still incredibly competitive in every game with one of the worst offenses of all time. They went out and got an experienced quarterback who's won in the Big Ten in Cade McNamara, someone who I don't think has the high-end potential of even a player like Ethan Caliakmanis or Kyle McCord or J.J. McCarthy. Um, or even Tanner Mordecai or Drew Aller. So those are all guys I think I would take over, uh, Cade McNamara. So that would put him six or seven in the conference at the quarterback position, but drastic upgrade from Spencer Petras. So you know what I'm saying? That the, Iowa's offense was in the dumpster and they're going to be out of the dumpster. It's just, I don't know how far away from the dumpster they're going to be. Um, and if they if they leave the the parking lot of where the dumpster is located, they could still be really really freaking good because they're not going to have to score that many points. If they're scoring in the low thirties, they're going to be incredibly hard to beat. And I just don't know if the so, the Gophers play them. It's going to be a low scoring game. I just don't know if the Gophers defense will be playing at that level. That, that's just the question. Uh, Iowa's got one of the best uh, defensive backs in the country with Cooper DeGene. They're going to have one of the best defenses in the country, like I said. They got new good weapons with Luke Lockie and um, Eric All at the tight end position. Caleb Johnson, very underrated running back. So, it. Essentially, I think Iowa is the game that'll decide the season. It'll decide if they're gonna go seven and five, eight, and four, like they always have, or they're gonna win the Big Ten Champion or go to the Big Ten Championship. That's just that's just how this works. It's how it works under PJ Flack. It's gonna change a lot uh in twenty twenty four with the four new teams, blah, blah, blah. blah. But you're just looking at twenty twenty three, what's gonna happen there? I don't know. The fact that it's in Iowa City is going to be tough. But, again, they're Iowa. So, talking about this making me excited for Gophers no, football. But And then, so like I said, you mentioned the Iowas. You mentioned the Wisconsins. Those are the games that Gophers fans are going to cir- circle. They're going to say Wisconsin's overrated. Um, I, I don't know if they are overrated, though. I, I, maybe they're properly rated. They have a one of the more experienced quarterbacks in the Big Ten, even though he hasn't played in the conference, Tanner Mordecai. Put up remarkable numbers at SMU. Had an eight-touchdown game last year against Houston. They bring in talented offensive coordinator, Phil Longo. But they also still have Braylon Allen. But how many teams succeed in year one with a new head coach? It doesn't happen often. Like, Going seven and five, eight and four would be an improvement for Wisconsin. They went six and six last year, so I think in that locker room, in that program, they would appreciate that season. But people are acting like they're going to go nine and three, ten and two. They have a much fav- more favorable schedule than the Gophers, so that's obviously helps them in that situation. They don't play Michigan. They play Ohio State, though. That game's at home. They don't have a tough non-conference like the Gophers. They don't have that North Carolina game. They have the Washington State game. But you get what I'm saying. They might be a game or two overrated, but people are acting like they're... Sometimes it's times Gophers fans act like they're uh, a clueless program, which I think is a bit unrealistic. But again, it's hard to succeed in year one, so... They're on the same level as Minnesota. They have uh, an inexperienced Big Ten quarterback that's talented. And they have a talented offensive weapon with Braylon Allen like the Gophers have Brevin Spanford. And while Wisconsin's offensive system's brand new, Phil Longo's a new coordinator. The Gophers have a new coordinator with Greg Harbaugh. So, th- there's some similar similarities there. Personally, I think if you're looking at both teams this season, they're they're both uh, 81%, let's say. Saying Wisconsin's like a, a 89% team, and the Gophers are like a 72 or something, which most of the general national media would say, I think it's just not true. But... Again, Gophers get them at home. They've had their number, year one of the Luke Fickler, all this stuff. So on paper, the Gophers should like their chances in that game. And I don't know. It'll just it'll be interesting. So those are obviously all the big big games, but like I said earlier, PJ Flex struggles with the Illinois with the Purdue's, those are those are the trap games that ruin your plans. You're like, oh, I only have to win one game to make the Big Ten West, and then boom, Illinois comes, you see yourself losing by two touchdowns with five minutes in, left, and you're like, how did this happen? I didn't circle Illinois. Illinois is a team that concerns me. Uh, I think they're very underlooked, overlooked. Um, Luke Altmyer's a talented QB transfer from Ole Miss. Um, could be an upgrade at that position. It, it'll be tough, but um, they'll be a run-heavy team again. They have a very good defensive line, very good offensive line. Their D lines led by Jerzon uh, Newton, and the Gophers. We all know they struggle against Brett Bielema. That game's at home. There'll be some revenge, but again, that's a game that I almost might be more concerned than the Wisconsin game, which is which is odd. But P.J. Fleck knows how to get his team up for Wisconsin. Historically, games like Illinois he's struggled to get his team up for, him. so the fact that whether or not that'll change, I think will have a big impact on the season and it'll have a big impact on if this team can make the big Ten uh, championship game and Nebraska didn't really talk about Nebraska. a lot of people are just chalking up a win they're like um they've for an Oscars, they've had two players transfer. Uh, Jeff Sims, new transfer quarterback from Georgia Tech. Matt Rule, new head coach. Um, People are just, the Gophers have had Nebraska's number. The Minnesota's just chalking up a win. A lot of fans are. And while I really like the Gophers' chances in that game, maybe I'm even overlooking Nebraska. Um, They're a talented team. And Matt Rule knows how to win in college football. I think the fact that the Gophers are getting them week 1 rather than later in the season will help them. Um I think they'll be a team that only improves throughout the season. But again, I I don't know. Um if the Gophers struggle if uh if Ethan isn't playing his best football, if uh the running back position isn't looking great, the defense the secondary is struggling, the offensive line isn't protecting Ethan. They're not able to get anything going offensively. It's a sloppy game. Matt Rule knows how to win sloppy games. He knows how to win a lot of football games. So well, again, I do like the Gophers' chances, and we'll have a full breakdown later in the week. I don't I it could be a game that they're overlooking. I think it'd just be fair to say that. And then games like Michigan State, Purdue, Purdue's got a new head coach. They have a talented transfer quarterback, Hudson Card from Texas. Michigan State, close type sleeper. They were hyped up last year, and uh, Mel Tucker was one of the hottest names. Now everyone kind of just seems to stop talking about them. While I do think that's warranted, maybe people are overlooking Michigan State. So what's important for this Gophers team this year? Number one is the Iowa game, and then number two in my eyes is getting up for those trap games. For the Purdue homecoming game type, for the Illinois game, for the Michigan State game, can P.J. Fleck get his team going for those games and playing their best football? That'll be what determines this season, and that'll be what needs to happen for this team to play in the Big Ten West Championship game. Because like I said, let's say they start the season 5-0, and lose to Michigan State, Ohio State. They lose to one of Iowa and Wisconsin. So that's three losses right there. Nine and three has a good chance of getting them in the Big Ten West Championship. Roll it. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here.
0: Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to do list teaching your kids about money with a greenlight debit card and money app of their own kids and teens learn to earn save and invest you can send money instantly set flexible controls and get real time notifications of your kids money activity set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work then learn about the world of money together get 1 month free when you sign up at greenlight.com/podcast
2: it does Do they get past Illinois, Nebraska, Michigan State, Purdue? Do they get past those games? Because if they do, they're nine and three. They lose two of them. They're seven seven and five. So those are the games that I think this team almost needs to be focused on because the uh, you're going to be able to get fired up for the Iowa and Wisconsin games. And DJ Flex always been competitive in those games, but like the Illinois game was garbage last year. The Purdue game was garbage. You need to win those games. It's it's time to win those games. So that that's what needs to happen. Um, before we get into the Nathan Roy interview, I wanted to touch on some uh, preseason h- hype from redshirt freshman defensive lineman Anthony Smith, one of my favorite players on the Gophers football team. Uh, P.J. Fleck was quoted last week after open practice that he is a really good football player. I don't think that's hard to figure out. He's going to be really hard to leave off the field, end quote. Um, and I, watching him practice, I think anyone who knows anything about football realizes that. He's built like a guy who has the potential to be an NFL top 50 pick. He has absurd athleticism. He uh, has the physicality and build of an elite defensive lineman. And if he puts it all together, he could be a first-round pick. He could be an elite prospect. I truly believe that. He has all of those traits, everything you look for in an elite defensive lineman. But he is 19, 20 years old, and will he start playing this year? So, Ja Joyner, Danny Strigow, Jalen Logan-Renning, those are all three guys Gophers fans know at this point. Those are going to be their three main Pass rushers, edge defenders. And then they brought in North Carolina transfer Chris Collins, who I think will have a role on this team, but it could be a lot like Lorenzo Sergers in the last year. Just a veteran guy who can help out these young players. And I think Anthony Smith quickly could surpass him. But again, Joyner, Strigau, and Logan Redding are all very talented players that will still likely be the main people. But again, a lot of defenses, especially Joe Rossi defenses, like to just throw guys in there and get some pass-rushing reps. And I, Anthony Smith is going to have some every single game. The question is just how many. I think he'll have a role on this team this year. Um, Again, is he going to be the fourth edge defender, the fifth one, or is he going to be the second or third one? Um, This is going should be the year that he people are like, dang, he's going to be really good in 2024. And then in 2024, if any of those three move on to the NFL, which all things go as planned, at least one of them should, then Anthony Smith can start next year, you know, then the sky's the limit. So he's going to be a fun player to watch. Just thought I'd touch on that before um, we wrap up the show. And um, let's throw it off to the Nathan Roy interview. All right, let me now introduce a very special guest. Gophers offensive line commitment, Nathan Roy from Wisconsin, the highest ranked uh, commitment in the PG, P.J. Fleck era. How are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing,
0: you know, fantastic. Another beautiful night in Wisconsin. Can't wait for a Friday. It's our first game, so
2: I'm hyped. That's exciting. Football season's right around the corner. You're in the thick of it. And uh, not a better time of the of the year than it is now. So I I guess I kind of want to start. Um, you were originally born in California, and you had a long journey to where you are at, where you are at now in Wisconsin. Um, for those I guess who don't know, how many times have you moved throughout your life, and kind of how did you end up where you are now at Mukongo, uh High School? So over the last
0: Five years, I've lived in three different states. I lived in Arizona, I lived in Nevada, and then now currently I'm in Wisconsin. So yes, I was born in California. Uh, I don't know exactly where, but I was born there. I spent majority of my childhood in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where I like to say I grew up. you know, and then around you know 2018, uh, small relocation package, we moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, didn't really get much there because it was during COVID. So, and, uh, Nevada was one of the many, like one of the two states that didn't have high school football. So missed out of that and then moved here in summer of 21 and, you know, the rest is history, I guess.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I guess what what teams did you did you root for any teams uh, growing up? Were you like an Arizona sports fan or kind of how was that allegiance for you? Um professionally football wise, I'm
0: actually a Chicago Bears fan. Okay. Surpri- surprisingly. Yeah. Um I grew up into it. Uh, my mom loves the Bears, my dad loves the Bears. Uh, so I'm looking forward to them and how they're gonna do this season. But uh, collegiately-wise, uh, I actually grew up an Oregon Ducks fan. I played on a team called uh, Desert Ducks when I was nine years old. Uh, co- that coach was a, a UO alum, and that was around the time when, you know, Marcus Mariota had his Heisman season. So, and, uh, so I liked Oregon growing up, and then as I got into the recruiting process, you know, I felt, found my love for Minnesota.
2: Definitely. Uh I, I'm not much older than you. I just graduated college and uh Minnesota's always been my team, but uh I loved Oregon, loved Marcus Mariota. Those those teams were fun to watch. Um so when you were growing up, uh obviously you've probably played football your whole life, but what, what other sports did you play as a kid?
0: Um as a kid, I didn't play much because uh out west football is year round. You know, you have it in the spring and you have it in the fall, so that basically takes it up. Uh, I didn't pick up basketball till I was eighth grade freshman, but that's just because I was bored and you know needed something to do. And then uh, freshman year, I picked up track and field.
2: Okay. Oh, uh, d- did you uh, throw? Did you throw the shot put and discus in that?
0: I did uh, shot put and discus. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um. So. Something I always find interesting with recruits like yourself, uh was there a point in your athletic journey, uh if it was in like seventh grade at a camp or something, or like you mentioned, uh playing for the ducks youth team, that you kind of realized that you were one of the better players in your age group and you could you felt like you could play at the next level?
0: Um, yeah, I'd say so. Um uh, obviously with my older brother. He's uh, going to be a redshirt sophomore at UCLA. Uh, He always, you know, helped me and, like, he guided me and, you know, he taught me everything he, you know, knew. So always kept me above the curve. I always worked, you know, my tail off. So once I – like, there are old pictures that uh, that might, you know, resurface someday of me uh, and my 9-year-old self because I played 9-year-old weighted football. And I had to uh, – you'll see, like, I'm just a lot bigger than everybody else. So it's kind of been that way for, you know, the longest time.
2: Yeah. So did you play offensive line your whole life? Were you always the kid with kind of with the sticker on the back of his (laughs) helmet?
0: Yeah, I played –
2: I was originally –
0: I played uh, guard up until, you know, seventh and eighth grade is when I switched to tackle. And I was I played defense too, so
2: yeah, so i I can relate to that one so uh, the Gophers were obviously your first power five offer, and uh obviously you ultimately committed to Minnesota what what was the biggest driving force in that decision for you? um you know,
0: as cliche as it sounds, you know culture. Uh, you know, Coach Callahan, you know, I've had a great relationship with him, with him, you know, offering September 1 of last year. I've uh, got to know him a lot, been up there several times, had great conversations with him, had had a great official visit, Have had great conversations with Coach Fleck, you know, heard great things from the players. Mm-hmm. So I was just like that. Um, I, I just knew it was it was always you Know as I was going through my recruiting process, you know, I was always doing, you know, one, two, three, who's one, who's two, and Minnesota, you know, continuously was in, you know, top two, top three, and then so that's when I decided to pull the trigger because I knew it was home for me.
2: Uh, so, um, PJ Flex, obviously, a very uh interesting coach compared to a lot of other ones in the country, his big personality. What was what? were your first impressions of him, kind of the first time that you guys met and the first time he reached out to you? Uh, how did you kind of interpret him as a recruiter and as a head coach?
0: Uh, he's really intense, actually. Mm-hmm. Everything he does, 125%. It don't matter if he's, you know, taking out the trash or, you know, coaching or, you know, even some of our FaceTime calls, 125%. So that's what I love about Coach Fleck.
2: So, uh, in your recruiting, um, I since I've followed recruiting my whole life, it, it seems like it does matter a lot. The, uh, being that Minnesota was your first Big Ten, first Power Five offer, how important was it for you to have that trust in a school that trusted you to give you a scholarship and be the first school to do that? Like, how important was it that they were your first offer? Um,
0: I'd say it was. It was important, but, you know, I got to a point, you know, in my recruitment where I didn't want to, you know, count the offers. So I wanted to make the offers count. So I built, you know, talked to Coach Callahan, you know, weekly, uh, all that stuff, went up there for a game and uh, like just just got to know him. And, you know, we've talked a lot, like like football, life, you know, got grown a great relationship with him and, you know, they're being the first offer, you know, it just happens to be that they were my first offer. So, you know, it's awesome.
2: Yeah. So uh, you mentioned coach Callahan a couple of times in the past few years, he's done a great job at develop developing offensive line talent with uh, Daniel Falele in the NFL, John Michael Schmitz in the NFL, few other guys going in and out of uh, teams. And the past few years, some of the highest ranked recruits with Jerome Williams and Greg Johnson um, in last year's cycle, how important uh, was your relationship with Coach Callahan? I guess in your recruitment, how would you describe him to uh, the to fans watching this that aren't able to talk with him every day? Uh, I'd
0: say uh, he's great coach, uh, even greater person. Uh, you know, he is um, one of the uh, very important reason in my you know decision to commit. Like just getting to know him, him getting to know me. Um so Coach Cal, Coach Callahan's the man.
2: Yeah, so uh how how important do you think it was or uh how much does it help you for your recruitment when you see that he's had success developing guys like Lele or like John Michael Schmitz, and even that you see the gophers uh, have been competing in the Big Ten West the past few years. How, how important was the on-field success and development in your recruitment?
0: Uh, I'd say it's pretty important because, you know, obviously, you know, the goal for me, um, you know, go play college and then, you know, hopefully someday get uh, playing in the NFL. So uh, to have him have that track record of just developing guys, you know, and getting guys to the next level and, you know, having guys sign as undrafted free agents, uh, I'd say it's uh, pretty important too.
2: Definitely. So uh, in the summer, uh, the Gophers have now started with their summer splash recruiting event uh, annual thing. Uh, what, what did your official visit look like uh, with Minnesota Oh, uh, kind of. I guess. What was the day to day for your visit? And uh what did that look like? Um. Well, my official
0: visit was because I had been up there so many times. I got to uh, hang around the guys a lot. Uh, you know, we went out on uh to the to the lake, and you know, we spent some time on uh Gopher Island. So, got to you know cruise on Coach Flex uh boat. Uh, so it was just fun, and then uh, we went to the Mall of America, too. So it was real fun.
2: Oh, Gopher Island! What, what is that exactly?
0: Um, it's an island that uh, one of the donors, uh, like it's basically his island. So, and uh, I guess they take the football team out there a lot, you know, just as they get together.
2: So, okay, yeah, great. is that's on Lake Minnetonka, right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Oh, was that the your first time to the Mall of America? Uh yes, sir. It was. <laughs> how, how was that for you? Do you like that?
0: Uh yeah, it was real and nostalgic actually, because you know a lot of like malls are like out west too, like in you know L.A. and Vegas and Phoenix, Arizona. So it was my first time being like in a mall in a few years.
2: Yeah, uh definitely the like the middle part with the all the roller coasters and stuff, uh definitely still like nostalgic there too, because I feel like it's it's almost like 10 years in the past with all the like decorations and stuff. It's definitely a fun time. Yeah, no doubt. Um yeah, so you're coming to Minnesota as the highest ranked recruit in the PJ Fleck era and you did mention that you like to make your offers made you wanted to make your offers count not count your offers but uh where does that like mindset come from you and how do you not let all the rankings and all the numbers uh impact your play as a player and just be focused on improving yourself
0: uh part of it is uh you know just understanding that uh when guys go to college you know they all come from, you know, they're the top dog on the team and they gotta work their way back up on the uh their new college team. So I just try and stay humble, try and stay hungry and you know, just trying to get better every day.
2: Yeah. Uh are there any guys at the next level uh that you like to watch and model your game after and take anything from them? Uh,
0: like NFL.
2: Yeah, NFL or college, really your whole life. Any offensive linemen you like watching?
0: I uh, know uh, some offensive linemen I like watching are uh, like Joe Thomas. Uh, he's a good one. Uh, I like Trent Williams, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like to think of myself as quite an athlete, so I like to watch Tristan Wurfs a lot. And uh, I like to watch Lane Johnson a lot,
2: too. Those are some good ones. Those are definitely up there for me. Those guys are fun to watch play football that's for sure. Um, the last few questions I'll get you out on here. So, uh, you mentioned your, uh, visit hanging out with the guys. Uh, how important was your relationship with just other recruits in your class? And, uh, how were you able to build that on your visit and get close with other guys, obviously that you're going to be coming to Minnesota with? Um,
0: we got to know each other pretty good. Uh, cause we all understand that like, uh, we're all going to be leaving home and, you know, we're all going to be, you know, basically brothers and, you know, next uh, after this school year. So, you know, I got to talk to some of the guys and then the hyper hangout uh, on the 29th, I uh, got to meet more of the commits, you know, had a blast with them, got along with all of them. So built some great relationships with the other commits.
2: Yeah. Um. So you, you mentioned that all uh, your first high school games this weekend uh, what are your I guess goals and aspirations for your last year of high school football before you come to the uh collegiate level?
0: Uh to bring a gold ball back to uh McQuanago. They haven't seen one in you know 20 years. So we were uh we brought a silver ball back home last year. So I think it's time to bring a golden one home.
2: I like that. I like the confidence. Uh last question for you. Um, for Gophers fans that haven't seen you play and that don't know much about you, I guess how would you describe your game and what would you tell, I guess, uh, Gophers fans what they're getting with Nathan Roy? Um, I'd say they're
0: getting somebody who is, you know, can move in space and, you know, just somebody who wants to hurt the person in front of them.
2: I like that. Leave it simple. That's what you need out of an offensive lineman. Well, uh, Nathan, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Good luck with your game this Friday, and uh, best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you. you. As always, I appreciate everyone for listening. Row the boat, value my, and go Gophers.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.